Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. Today we're joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm really well, thanks Coach Steve, and yourself? I'm well, I'm well, you know, just taking it one day at a time like we should in life and like we should in the challenge because now it's an exciting time in the challenge, Nick. At the Mm -hmm. time of recording this, we have concluded the public voting and I can confirm that there was almost a thousand different unique voters in the public voting, which is really cool to see. Um, And the images, the transformation images are now with our judging panel at the time of recording this podcast so our judges are going through the tough tough job of finding out our top 50 top 10 finalists and concluding this october m6 challenge wow that is so exciting i can't wait to find out who the winners are i know i know i i did my voting so i was able to get five votes for male and female and gosh it was it was tough to to pick a vote um so yeah there was a couple that that i was really impressed with um but uh, we'll see how they go it was gonna be good yeah me too i had a go at voting and i'm just wrapped about how everybody managed to do so well in six weeks it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick, uh, talking about key dates moving forward. So this podcast gets released on a Tuesday, Tuesday the 13th. So tomorrow, if you listen to this on Tuesday, on the Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the 14th, at about midday, we will be releasing the top 50. So you'll have access to see if you have made it into the top 50 um, and you can see some of the great results, the top 50 for the October challenge. Now, on Friday, Friday the 16th, so in a couple more days, we'll be hosting our awards night. The awards night is being live streamed to our Facebook social hub, kicking off at 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time or, or Melbourne time. So if you are in another state, just uh, Google what time it is in Melbourne and you can work out if you'd like to watch that live live stream event to our Facebook social hub. It's always a fun event where we are, you know, we, we know the winners, right? Because we, we, we made the, the presentation, okay? So we know the winners of the day and um, we could see some of the winners popping up in the comments when we are doing the awards night, which is, which is really cool. Um, and it's always great to see that uh, instant reaction when those uh, individuals find out that maybe they made the top 10 or, or won the challenge. So it's always a, a great and exciting event. Absolutely. And don't ask us prior because we will die with that information. <laughs> now, Nick, let's talk about 2023. So next year, 2023, uh, the next challenge will be the February challenge, February challenge kicking off on the 13th of February with prep week starting on the 6th of February and registrations for the February challenge opening in the middle of January on the 16th of January. So there's some key dates there and you can always review our key dates on the M challenge website under the link called dates um, at the very bottom of the website. So you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see in the footer dates and you'll be able to see all of our key dates there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody just take some time off, reassess, figure it all out and come back strong next year. Now, Nick, talking about strong, Mm -hmm. 2023 is going to be the year of the strong, I reckon. Oh, yeah. So we are excited to announce a brand new program in the M Challenge. So adding to our list of about a dozen different programs, we have the very next program in our list called M Strong, Nick M Strong. 
yes, the I'm not going to say the best one. No, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. They're all our babies, aren't they? But this is a this is the nicest baby. We like it. Yeah, so it was a brainchild of Coach Nick who who thought of it, and we created the framework behind it. And essentially, it's a program, as the name suggests, a M strong, a strength based program where you'll be seeing some reduction in rep ranges. So instead of maybe this uh, five to ten or ten to fifteen rep range, large rep range, we bring that down to maybe this like three to five rep range for maybe more advanced uh, goers um, and about five repetitions for beginners. And the, the structure is based around a 45 minute workout, four days a week, upper lower split, and primarily doing the, the big four lifts. So we've got the squat, bench, deadlift, overhead, press. Um, so very similar to previous iterations of something like the SBD program, but it's primarily a strength program for those of us who wanna get strong um, and you know build some muscle along the way, but primarily where we're going to lift some weights and and see what that can do to our body. <laughs> yes, be a badass. Let's all be badasses. I'm so excited. I, I can't even contain myself. So yes, Coach Steve, you, you did a wonderful job taking the, the idea and popping it all into your brain and spitting it all out. So between <laughs> the two of us, I think yeah. it's very exciting. That's going to be good. So if you've been doing multiple challenges with us over the years and you're looking for something fresh and new, the M Strong is for you. Yes. And I can't wait already to see people's videos of what they're doing and, and talking numbers with people. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, Nick, bring us back to the Challenge Weekly Show, episode number 95, episode number 95, we are so close to the triple digits, 100th episode, and we'll be making the 100th episode probably in like week one of the February challenge. Maybe when when it starts, is I reckon will be episode number 100. How exciting. It's going to be awesome. Now, uh, today will be the last episode of 2022. So we're going to go on a short Christmas break and we'll be uh, starting at the, the, the first couple of weeks of January. So don't miss us. We were going on a little bit of a break, but there'll be lots of content on the uh, Challenge podcast, especially the Meet the Challenger series where we've interviewed previous top 10 finalists. So make sure you go listen to those, those podcasts as well. Yeah, definitely. We've still got heaps of those. So that's good. Nick. Let's move on to our next segment here. We have the community highlights where we highlight some members of our community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like oh. to highlight today? Okay, so first up, I've got Judy Ken, who is Judy Kennedy. She says, oh God, here goes. So there's a little bit of drama to start it off. This is actually the first time I've ever completed a full challenge. The first time I've ever had a public profile. I did it because of accountability and because every time I've stayed in private mode, I've never finished. This time I did everything different, including going away last weekend for my birthday and I turned 60. There, I said it. Start and finish pictures. Please be kind. Oh, I lost 10.4 kilos, dropped two jean sizes and had two haircuts. How cute. <laughs> Wow, amazing. And I think that really highlights the power of accountability when you step out of the private area moving to the public space people can see you hold yourself accountable and these amazing results at 60 losing 10 kilos over 10 kilos is just amazing amazing judy keep it up yeah no wonder she's feeling so good 
All right, next one, Michelle Lennon. So she says, throwback Thursday. The first picture of me is in 2017 when I was 52 years old and it was my first challenge. The second is of me today at 57 years old. So if you want to check this out, just go onto the Facebook group. This challenge may have finished, but keep chasing your goals. Believe in yourself and you can achieve anything. You've worked so hard, too hard to stop now. Keep chasing those goals. And if this granny can do it, you sure can. All of your transformations are incredible and you all should be proud of what you've achieved in six weeks. Wow. Nice. That's that's Mm. that's beautiful, especially at fifty-seven years young, Michelle Michelle Lennon, our our step queen on the step leaderboard. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Keep it up. I know. So good. Okay. Next one I've got is Tara Via. Now this is a long one, so um, strap yourselves in. I wasn't going to post these mainly because I'm ashamed of where I let myself get to, but I've woken up this morning and thought, effort. I'm so proud of myself for sticking to this six-week challenge. And uh, getting that kickstart that I so desperately needed. I haven't been doing the social media thing purely so I could focus on me and getting back to feeling like myself again. Towards the end of last year, I decided to have a career change, which meant working longer hours as a single mama. I was unable to get to the gym like I used to. Shortly after, I sadly lost my father to brain cancer and found myself in a very dark place which led to putting on 13 kilos and losing my health and fitness. I decided to join a gym that was just down the road from work and trained in my lunch break, but my nutrition was lacking badly. I wasn't taking accountability and that's why I signed up for this challenge because I knew it would make me do just that. I found a good relationship with food again and have found my spark again. My fitness has improved dramatically. I'm waking up feeling great and I finally have my confidence back. I still have more to go, but I hit my eight kilo weight loss goal for this challenge and I finally fit back into the clothes I'm so very happy to fit into. Congratulations to all of the amazing challengers who have put in the hard work and dedication and achieved some awesome results. Special shout out to my six-year-old daughter for taking my photos. Oh, so nice. That's sweet. And wow, what, what a story. And it's great that Tara, you've been through some hardship and now you have made your way back to the uh, you know fitness and health lifestyle, making fitness and making you a priority again. And I'm sure that you are the biggest role model to your daughter, which is just beautiful to see. So keep it up. Yeah, I think that's really amazing. And just being so open about it all. It's just really good. Well done. Nick, I've got a few that I'd like to highlight. The first one goes to Tyrell Dune. Tyrell Dune. And Tyrell writes, six-week challenge done and dusted. Pre-challenge was feeling lethargic. Now I'm feeling energized and motivated both physically and mentally. Best decision of my life I have ever made. Starting weight was 127.7, finished at 112.7. So loss of 15 kilos. Looking forward to the next challenge and maintaining a healthy lifestyle keep at it peeps tyrell losing 15 kilos almost 10 percent of his body weight in just six weeks which is just insane so so keep it up i'm sure you have uh, many goals to reach in your fitness journey and we're excited to see you get there yeah really good that's that's sensational really awesome Next one here goes out to Karen Acker and Karen writes, there we have it, another challenge under my belt and probably my strongest results. I am pretty proud of myself. In summary, I lost 4.1 kilos and a massive 19.5 since July. I reduced body fat considerably and have grown in strength well beyond what I thought I was capable of. Well done to all who have signed up for this challenge. Ooh, Karen, a massive, almost 20 kilos since July. So in, in, in six months and you've lost four kilos in six weeks, just insane. And Karen, not, not the uh, 
large as her frames as it is. So four kilos must be a massive percentage of her body weight. So big, big congratulations to her. Congratulations. Very good. I've seen that transformation on Facebook. I was impressed. Last one here goes out to Tony Sudale. Tony writes, another challenge completed and I'm quite happy with the results. It's been 16 months since I joined the M Challenge family. And in that time, I managed to lose 27 kilos. Each week and each challenge slowly chipping away. I am grateful to the coaches, ambassadors, and to this group. Whew. Tony losing a massive 27 kilos. Oh, there's a bit of a theme here, Nick, between Tyrell, Karen, and Tony, where, you know, we, we like to highlight non-scale victories, you know, big uh, changes in our lives and answer to do with, with body weight. But we've got Tyrell, Karen, and Tony who have lost some massive numbers over their M Challenge experience. And I'm sure th that weight loss isn't just purely physical. You know, there's lots of mental change and environmental change, lifestyle change that occurs while we lose that much weight. So big congratulations, Absolutely. guys and girls. Congratulations. Nick, let's move on to our next segment here. We have the Coach's Corner where we offer our tip for the week. So Nick, take us away. What advice do you have for us? All right. So I'm going to finish off our year of chats with um, a bit of, of so like, I guess it's like the 12 lessons of Christmas, the 12 <laughs> fitness lessons, although I don't think that there will be 12. I don't want to bore everybody with 12. I have about six. Well, I have six. So um, fitness lessons from this year that I think um, have come to me, but also I just think across the board that I've seen that people have been really um, learning as we go. So just in case people don't know these these lessons yet or um, want some help or if you're listening for the first time, first one. So this is sort of eight tips, six tips to make um, health and fitness a part of your life. So the first one is, this is very, very important. And um, I think even say with us, with the app and with you, with your new beautiful new little boy, as well as your other boy, you have to make your fitness and exercise a priority no matter what. I think you'd agree with me, Coach Steve, on that one. I think that that's one of the most fundamental top tips because if you don't look after yourself first, there's just so many other things that can fall down. Um, and it's not selfish to look after yourself first because then you actually have more energy to give to others. So just remember that, make your health and fitness a priority. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can drive an hour to the gym and do a massive workout every single day. It might just be that you get out and do a walk or um, even that you prepare your meals, that kind of a thing, but just make it a priority, make yourself a priority. That's where it's going to start. Because as soon as things start to fall down, if you're not making yourself a priority, um, immediately the entire deck of cards will fall down. So that's my first tip. Second tip is, doesn't matter what we tell you, if you absolutely hate doing it, you probably won't stick to it. So it's really important to incorporate things that you enjoy into your fitness regime. We could tell you, yes, running isn't good for your gains, but if you love running, keep running. It's Life is too short to miss out on the things that you love. It's not always about having the you know, ideal tiny bit of fat to pinch body composition. It's also about enjoying an all well-rounded fitness lifestyle. So don't forget that. Always incorporate things that you enjoy. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to enjoy every second of the gym. So on the, on the other side, 
you have to challenge yourself sometimes. So that's point three. You can't always love everything. Sometimes the things that you need to do in the gym are the ones that you actually hate the most, like maybe split squats, but you have to challenge yourself as well. So it's sort of a fine line. You can't always just do things that you enjoy, but I think it needs to be encased in something that you enjoy. So if you love boxing, do boxing, you know, that kind of a thing. Next one, work on you for you. Don't do it for anyone else. I think that extrinsic motivation really does fade after a while. So if you're doing it for a revenge or if you're doing it to be better than somebody else, it won't last. The motivation for that will not last. So you need to really sit down and write your goals, your values, and check how they all align to make sure that you are working on you for you ultimately. Of course, you can have inspiration and maybe you can have a little bit of, you know, that kind of thing of I'll show them, but that isn't going to last. Okay. Next one is to fit it into your lifestyle. So fit it into your lifestyle. Make sure that you are not, you know, signing up to a gym that is two hours away or, you know, that you are trying to maybe train in the evening when you know that everybody's going to come at you. So fit it into your lifestyle. But that doesn't mean that if you're somebody who has no time, quote unquote, that you can't try and make a new lifestyles and get up early do things like that but try and work it into what you're already doing so that idea of stacking habits or fitting it into something that you're already doing will probably lead to a bit more longevity I would suggest then the next one which is the final one I'm guessing I think I've done I think I've done six this will be six the small changes that you do all add up so either way Either way, whether you are, you know, having day after day of eating crap, that will actually catch up with you. But the other way around, just one small step every single day towards your goal is enough to make changes. It doesn't have to be massive. So this all or nothing mindset that I always talk about, that is what's going to let you down. Because if you go, okay, I can't do everything today, so I'll do nothing. That's the only way that you're going to fail. If you do something every single day, small little bits, and someone said to me once, it's like the paper towel effect where you take one little bit off the roll of paper towel and eventually it ends up at the bottom. But you don't even notice it really as you go. That's what you need to think of within fitness. Small changes add up. So even when I was doing my comp preps and I'll do another one next year, I, you know, as, as you said before, Coach Steve, not every single day are you going to see a change. You have to actually have faith that it will work if you keep showing up. It all adds up. I like that, Nick. Very, uh, just just great fitness oh, lessons. Okay. And I think that's that's more than just something that we've picked up, I guess, this year specifically. They're just some great keystone fitness lessons about how we can make fitness a, a, a priority and a part of our life, which is the, the main part because... We don't want it just to, to come and go. We want it to be, we want it to arrive and, and, and stay here, right? And never leave yeah. us. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other thing that I'll just point out quickly before I hop down off the soapbox and you can jump up, you can do a burpee on it or something, um, <laughs> is if you've gotten yourself into such amazing shape doing the challenge, 
try not to go backward. Try and go forward from there. Obviously, you need a break from your diet, all that sort of stuff that we tell you, but try not to go, okay, I'm going to put on another six kilos and wait for the next challenge. Try to improve every time from the, the current physique that you've got. If you can think about that as well, that will save you a lot of time. Mm. Yeah. No, no, no. Very good. Very good, Nick. Mm. Uh, Nick, I would like to go through a little bit of a, a journey, a little bit of a, a story of spot reduction. Oh, people okay. like this. So let's go for it. Yeah. And often uh, people would start a fitness journey, join the challenge, join a gym because of a specific part of the body that they want to change and they often start because they want to lose weight i want to lose weight around my stomach i want to lose weight around my legs around my arms around my chest or my back or wherever it is and they often give them really funky and sometimes crude nicknames to parts of their body like oh the love handles or the thunder thighs or the saddlebags or the man boobs or whatever you want to call them uh and when we go into a a gym when we're brand new or maybe less informed, we think, okay, if I want a six pack um, and I've got like the, 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 the dad bod beer belly, I would start doing sit-ups until the six pack arrives. Um, and that might not always be the case where the train of thought is, okay, if I want to lose weight around my stomach, I need to do exercises that target my stomach. Or if I want to lose weight around my, you know, my arms, you know, what is it, the, the tuck shot lady arms, people call it. If I want to lose weight around my arms, I'll start doing more arm exercises to try to tone up that area. And here I am telling you that that is a myth. It doesn't work exactly like that. Actually, a myth is not really the correct way to say it. There is some literature that suggests that we may see an increase in fat loss in the area that we exercised. Um, so if you did train lots of legs, you may find that you get less body fat around your legs. Um, but the effectiveness of that is very, very small. Okay, very small, maybe like an extra 1%. Okay, the way that muscles get fuel to the, the muscle to contract is via our bloodstream. Our bloodstream carries that uh, highway of, of energy from the metabolism of body fat throughout our whole body so you going to the gym training your legs or your arms or your stomach or wherever you're training your muscle in that area does not just grab the body fat or the energy from the areas around it it gets it from the bloodstream and that comes from you know a whole source a whole reservoir of energy from different parts of the body okay so the main takeaway is that spot reduction is probably not the most effective way to you know, reduce an area, right? So if you do have the, the, the beer belly or the, the bigger legs or the bigger arms or another part of your body that you'd like to see smaller in shape, um, there's no point just doing lots and lots of uh, exercises for that muscle group to try to tone up that area or lose weight in that area. Primarily, we want to be following an energy restrictive diet or a calorie deficit diet where we are consuming less food than we expend. Okay, that's ultimately what the challenge is. But here's the but in the whole story, Nick. When spot reduction is limiting maybe a waste of energy, it can be empowering to think of it as spot enhancement. Okay, spot enhancement might be the path that we prefer to take when we are looking at our physique, our shape, um, our you know building of the body, bodybuilding, and we can manipulate our muscle in different ways so that it changes our shape to change the way and appearance of certain areas in our body. 
okay? For example, let's take the um, maybe beer belly type idea. You know, you've got a, a, a bigger belly, you're carrying a little bit more body fat around the midsection, which is more prominent in guys. Guys will carry more body weight around their uh, stomach area, whereas girls will carry more of their body fat around their hips and thighs, okay? So what can we do about our, our midsection? And, you know, sometimes you're carrying a bit of body fat around the midsection and maybe a little bit more on the sides, that love handle-like appearance. Well, what we can do is go through a process of spot enhancement where maybe you spend a little bit of time building up some of the muscles in your back, right? So the muscle in the back, that big V shape that can be created as we build more muscle into our, our muscles like the lat dorsi on the sides, that can help to taper in the, the silhouette of our body so that we enhance our back and when someone looks at you or you look at yourself in the mirror, it's less prominent that we see um, the, the, the body fat around our midsection, we see the shape, the tapering. Okay, similar idea maybe around our arms. So if you are unhappy with maybe some uh, body fat around your arms, or if you quote describe it as like, oh, my arms jiggle or something, you can spend some time strengthening the muscles of your shoulders and your arms, enhancing that area to change the appearance of it. So we may not be focusing on spot reduction, losing body fat in the area. We're focusing on spot enhancement to build muscle in that area. Okay, so the main point of my Coach's Corner tip this week, Nick, is to invite you, dear listener, instead of thinking about spot reduction, how am I going to lose? How am I going to get rid of something? Think about spot enhancement. How can you enhance that area? How can you focus on resistance training to build that area, make it stronger, make it more robust and build muscle in that area to change the shape, change the appearance, change the silhouette. And then you can really embrace this idea of being a true bodybuilder, where you're building your body, you're, you're crafting your body, crafting your physique over time. So focus less about losing less, focus more about gaining more spot enhancement over spot reduction. Yay. I agree. I agree. I've, I've completely enhanced my entire upper body, which has changed the entire look of my physique. Yeah, and you see that a lot in um, female physique athletes, um, particularly in things like figure, heck, even in bikini, where the big driver of, of a sport like bikini physique athletes is that uh, big big hips, big legs type look. Um, but what accentuates the bigger hips is that tight waist and then that hourglass look. So we go, well, okay, we can build the bottom, we can get the waist in, but then what about the top? So you see lots of uh, physique female athletes focusing on things like their shoulders and their lats so that they have like some sort of upper hourglass and then their stomach tapers in and then the lower hourglass because you don't want to just look like a, a straight line and then you've got hips. You want to kind of have that shape and you can accentuate that with things like shoulders and back. So um, it's great to see that lots of female physique athletes are going down that path of saying, hey, let's build up my upper body even though my sport um, asked me to have, uh, you know, bigger hips in, in that particular sense, but we can focus on other areas to enhance that space. Yeah, definitely. My waist measurement hasn't actually changed in all these years, but um, it looks a lot smaller because my shoulders are so huge now. <laughs> no, so good. So good, yeah. Nick. Nick, let's move on to our final segment here. We have the question and answer segment. So first question here comes from Becky and Becky writes, before and afters, full stop. Why do some people fake tan and wear heels in the, in the after photos? Do these not make transformations less accurate side by side? Whew. Nick, what advice would you have to say to Becky? Okay, so 
there's just so much to say, but um, firstly, define accurate. Who's deciding on accuracy? What is accuracy in a body transformation? Because there's no real precision about that. But I get where she's coming from in terms of um, a tan can make you look different. Uh, I know that the judges are aware of this. The judges were not born yesterday. So there's no fooling the judges. So so let's just get that over and done with first up, just in case that's like a really big thing or if anyone thinks that, um, no way, because the way that the, the rules are is that, um, yeah, it has to be front on. If somebody's If somebody's posing in their best light front on, you don't blame them because they've actually gone through this transformation in traditional true bodybuilding, which we do replicate a little bit, um, you do have a tan. It, it highlights the muscles. So there's that, there's the physical aspect, but there's also let people be happy and celebrate what they're doing as well. But um, I can tell you, it doesn't affect the judging. Um, there are many different transformations that you can look on our website as well that have some of them have tan some of them don't I remember the the winner jazz recently um the last challenge she doesn't have a big fake tan on she's just um standing there so it doesn't affect that but let people just have a little good time like just say you were going to a wedding or something or going out you probably want to look your best so for some people it's been a really big transformation and they want to look the best that they can tan does highlight that yeah i i i agree nick i think it's up to the individual to to decide on what they do before and after i will comment on it and say that sometimes the glamification talking tans uh talking heels talking the hair and makeup talking uh lighting and different postures have been the limiting factor to someone getting in the top 10 or winning the challenge so i have been in the room when that has happened over the past five five years I've been with the challenge um, where individuals have gone and gone to tan or wearing heels and our judging panel have had to choose between two individuals to win the challenge and ended up choosing the individual who didn't glam up because they just couldn't compare the the two photos correctly so it does um, cause a limiting factor to our judging panel so it really depends right if you want to try to be the most competitive in the competition you would just need to decide hey how can i best highlight the work that i've put in and if you spend a lot of time in i'm going to call it glamifying glamifying your photos that may just take away all the work you put in where you just can't be compared between the start and the end okay so uh just something to consider where it has happened in the past where people have missed out because, uh, you know, we, we can't compare the two photos. There's no real reason why if you're desperate to wear heels, just wear them in your before photo because then it's the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like I true. Do, in all my yeah. check-ins, I just wear heels because I have to practice. And so, therefore, people can't really go, I'm hey, wearing heels because it's like I'm wearing heels in both. <laughs> that that's... was just my idea just then. I just thought, well, why not? If you want to. Nick, next question here comes from Paul. And Paul writes, when is the next six-week challenge commence? Mm -hmm. I have struggled to commit to the 12-week challenge for some time now. I hope that both the 12-week and six-week challenges can run concurrently in January so I can sign up soon. All right, Paul. uh, Next year, 2023, we are planning to have three 
12 week challenges. So that's the plan. So um, at this stage, no six week challenges will be run next year it will be three 12 week challenges, bang, 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 um, one after the other. Um, we can't run concurrent challenges. Um, it's just uh, way too resource intense to run a challenge and we can't have multiple challenges running at the same time. Now, Paul, um, in terms of going from six to 12 weeks, if you've tried the six week challenge and you found that to be successful, it might be worth reflecting on why that was successful. Was it the shorter time period or was it the approach you take in, in that period? We hope that the challenge is like uh, the quote gateway drug to make fitness part of your life. So if six weeks is, is too challenging. It may be worth thinking how can you make this a part of your every day? Was the six week um, you know, too concentrated, like too much? Was the 12 week too much? And you then ask yourself, okay, what would it look like if I was to do this for the rest of my life? Do you need to scale it down slightly? Instead of training four days a week, do you need to train three days a week? Do you need to train two? Do you need to train one day a week? Is it doing just one set of exercise in the entire week? Is that the minimum that we can commit to? Is the minimum, let's say 5,000 steps a day? Can you commit to that for the rest of your life. Um, when it comes to nutrition, sure, you know, we're talking about big picture stuff where we're saying, hey, how many calories are you consuming? How much protein are you consuming? Um, you know, what are your meals like? Are you looking after yourself? But if you strip that down, you go, well, what rules could you create for yourself to live a fit life, to live a healthy life? Is it drink a glass of water with every meal? Is it build each meal with a source of protein with each meal? Is it having one big salad a day? Um, is it having, you know, three square meals that you cook at home for yourself? What rules can you put in place that keeps you on track of the fitness path, but might not be as intense as maybe the six week or the 12 week challenge? Um, because I think, again, you know, we want this to be a lifelong thing. We don't want it just to be six weeks and you go, Ooh, that was, that was really tough. I'm out of here. We don't want it to be, Hey, 12 weeks. That was really tough. <laughs> See you later. We want it to be something that you repeat over time. And it might be worth just reflecting on those ideas about what you could do now to build your environment, build up some habits, some routines, some rules for yourself, but how you can make that um, more of a sustainable thing over time. Good. Yes. Nick, next question here we have from Carla and Carla writes, hi, I'm new to this page. Hi, Carla. Is it possible to get a rough idea of menu exercise so I have some idea of what it entails? I have a family of four, so need to know if it will be affordable and manageable. Thanks. Ooh. Carla. Nick, what advice would you give to Carla? So, um, Carla, first up, we've got um, 95 podcasts talking about every little detail of the challenge. So that's a really good resource to gain an understanding of where we're coming from. We are very basic because basic is really what works. So there's nothing exciting. It's probably a lot of stuff that you've already got in your cupboard in terms of the food. It might just be learning about how to combine those foods and um, how to then portion them out for your goals. So that's more along the lines of where we're going to come from. So like if you've got some rice, if you've got some potatoes, if you've got some sweet potatoes, if you've got some lean proteins, some, you know, chicken, your, your fish, um, lean beef, you know, if you make, if you make your spaghetti bolognese for the kids anyway, it can all be tweaked or used as is 
as part of your challenge menu plan. So there's nothing particularly fancy on there. Um, there are some various recipes that if, if you like the look of them, you can obviously go out and buy the ingredients, but it'll really be what you've pretty much got already in your pantry in terms of the food. It might just be changing the quantities up or it might just be uh, learning how to make them something that the whole family will enjoy. Uh, I probably would try not to cook separate things. I would try to incorporate everything in for the family. Say for me, I usually do a variety of veggies or my husband, Shane, does and um, people can choose. You don't, you don't want people to be too precious about that. So that's um, – and also, yeah, there is a podcast back. I can't remember which number it is where, where we talk about the basic building blocks of nutrition. So you've got your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates or your energy. So they're, they're the building blocks of our menus as well. So um, it's not really a menu, rather a combination of foods, I would say. I would suggest. So um, there are no real rules, but it's just about learning the basics of food and then learning how to incorporate that into your life. In terms of the training, well, the training is the best training ever, but um, it's mostly just training in the gym or at home with some resistance and um, working to your level and trying to every week progress from that level. So it's nothing fancy, but once you learn it and um, get on board with that, I would suggest without being biased that you probably won't ever go anywhere else because you've got it all right here. The end. The end. No, so good, Nick. Uh, yeah. I like to think of the challenge as less of a specific um, plan, less of a sp specific menu or program. It's about a framework, it's about an idea about how to organize training and nutrition, how to organize, you know, what you do in the gym and organize what you do to put food in your mouth. Okay. So the framework around nutrition is about creating those building blocks. Like we spoke about, about portion controlling those building blocks and then curating a, a meal plan that works for you. And in most cases, challengers will eat the exact same things as what they're normally eating, just different portion sizes instead of having two serves of spaghetti bolognese on a monday maybe just have one serve or you know scale that serve down to an appropriate portion size and you could enjoy spaghetti bolognese with the family cooked exactly the way that your nonna created for you when you were a kid you know no, no changes mm -hmm. at all just create uh making uh, scaling the portion size accordingly okay so it's just a framework same around the nutrition uh, the training side of things it's a framework an idea about how to structure your training program is it important if you do a, a, a bench press or a chest press or a push-up? No, it's, it's, it's all the similar idea. We're training our pecs through a pushing motion. Um, it's about a framework about how we can actually get that done and fit it into our life. Yeah. Nick, final question here comes from Rosalind. And Rosalind writes, I'm going to continue on as I have been for the next couple of weeks. Should I drop my daily calorie allowance? I have been dropping a hundred calories each time we entered the new phase. So should I drop another hundred or stay where I am? I would like to continue losing weight, ready to work on some decent muscle in the February challenge. I was also doing full body physique this round, but might swap to full body uh, program X for the next few weeks for a bit of a change too. Okay. All right. Rosalind, let's, let's strip it back. Um, it sounds like you are primarily asking, should I decrease my calories now that the challenge is over? Because you want to continue losing weight until the February challenge, 
where you might want to go through a, a weight gaining phase where you're trying to build some muscle. Okay. This question, we're kind of talking about nutritional periodization. We're talking about, you know, big picture strategy around how we can develop a physique. And the answer is primarily theoretical, meaning that there's no right or wrong. Okay. That we can only just highlight maybe limitations and offer advice. Now, Rosalind, the first thing I would say is that our advice around dieting protocols, uh, firstly, defining that as when we followed a structured plan, that's what a diet is, following a structured plan where we are successfully losing body weight at a rate of about 0.5 to 1% of our body weight per week, measured as an average. So an average meaning you measure your body weight frequently throughout the week, average that out. Okay, my average body weight this week is X, measure that next week, my average body weight the next week is Y, and then you can um, work out the percentage difference between the two. If you are losing weight at that rate of 0.5 to 1%, tick, you are in the definition of a diet phase or weight loss phase. You're following a structure plan and you're losing weight at that rate. Now, we recommend that you are in that dieting phase, in that definition of a dieting phase for between, you know, six to 12 weeks, okay? Anything less, um, you know, it's not a significant amount to actually make a, a, a detectable change in our body. And if we go longer than 12 weeks, we are at that, uh, higher risk of binge eating episodes, um, derailment, um, significant muscle loss, significant health detriment, significant men, uh, mental uh, breakdowns, those types of things. So it does kind of get in this world of, uh, you probably don't want to hang out there for too long. It can be done if you are a stoic diehard warrior, um, but for most of us, we'll probably benefit from taking a little bit of a break, reset, refresh, and then jump back into a diet phase. So often, with nutritional periodization, we may diet for you know six to twelve weeks. We would go through a maintenance protocol where we stay at our body weight for another at least six weeks, and then we might go into our next dieting phase. Okay. So to answer Rosalind's question, firstly, if you diet already for six weeks and you want to keep dieting for another, I guess, six weeks until the next challenge begins, um, it can be done if you want to keep going. Um, the other part of that question is that hey you may benefit from having a little bit of a break for six weeks go through that maintenance phase and then when the challenge begins you transition into a weight gain phase like your goal so instead of a weight loss phase where we're in a deficit and then having to jump past maintenance into a surplus to try to build muscle again it might be nicer to kind of go from this weight loss into maintenance where our body weight stays stable and then into a weight gain phase so it might be uh, better theoretically to transition ourselves through there okay now the other part of the conversation around the length of weight loss is the total weight loss so in any one dieting phase we preferably don't want to lose more than 10 percent of our body weight and that's primarily to limit muscle loss and then the negative effects on our health that comes from dieting so rosalind bigger question would be how much body weight have you lost over your dieting phase maybe this year um have you been dieting for the last 12 weeks plus and you've lost more than 10 percent of your body weight okay maybe you benefit from maintenance to answer your actual true question of should I decrease my calories? Well, to answer that, you would need to determine the definition of a diet, which is, are you losing weight at a rate of 0.5 to 1% per week? If you are, no need to change your calories at all. No need to change anything. You are in diet zone, keep doing what you're doing, and you're gonna, be, you're gonna sail into the sunset losing weight. If you are not losing weight at that rate, so let's say you're losing maybe 0.25% of your body weight on the lower spectrum, then you have the question to ask yourself of, okay, how can I get myself into that higher weight loss rate? Do I need to decrease my calories further 
by maybe decreasing 100 calories like you're doing? Or do I need to increase my energy expenditure by maybe doing more steps throughout the day, maybe 500 steps or 1,000 steps on average per day over the course of a week? Which one do we choose? Often it's really obvious which one to do. So Rosalind, if you're already doing like 25,000 steps a day, okay, you can't do more steps because that's just a lot as it is. Maybe it's easier just to decrease your calories. The other way around, maybe you're having 1,100 calories a day. That is really low. Um, can you uh, afford to decrease your calories by almost 10%? That might be an entire meal for you. Maybe it's easier to increase your step count in that case. Okay, so it is a, a, a two-pronged uh, scale. You know, how do we how do we move ourselves into that 0.5 to 1% of our body weight per week? But that should be our kind of kind of a, a torch in the darkness. That that's weight loss rate should be the torch in the darkness to help us with our decision making process of should I be doing this? How long should I be doing this for? And um, is this moving towards my goal? Okay. Now, finally, just want to comment on um, you know work on some decent muscle in February that will have a completely juxtaposed goal where we are trying to gain weight, we're trying to gain muscle. So we should be getting heavier if we're trying to gain muscle, which also um, needs an energy surplus. We need supplies to, to build that muscle. So that is more than just a physical shift, that's a mental shift where we're going from a space of restriction, reduction, into a space of growth or enhancement, similar to my kind of coach's corner where we're changing from spot reduction to spot enhancement similar in our body instead of we're trying to reduce everything we're trying to build things again so that is a a tricky step for some people to do so uh rosalind hopefully i gave you a little bit of insight very good very good and that's why we always say don't throw everything at it at once don't lower the steps lower the calories at the very start because your body doesn't need that it needs a little bit at a time so good job no so good nick Let's wrap it up there for episode number 95 of the Challenge Weekly Show, the last episode of 2022. Whew, we made it, Nick. Yeah, this is our second year doing these. Yeah, so good. And we it will be year two of the next 10 years of podcasts, I reckon. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> so yeah. enjoy this episode. Let us know. And we will catch you next year for episode number 96. See you next year, Coach D. <laughs> See you, Nick. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.